Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Roy Green isn't afraid to poke the bear. The bigger the bear, the bigger the poke. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Follow me on Twitter at The Roy Green Show. Email to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Top of the next hour, Marina Nemet is going to be joining us. She is from Iran originally with the unrest, the populist unrest in Iran underway. And uh, Marina was, when she was 16 years of age, she was arrested for having challenged the political realities in the country then. And she was imprisoned in the Evin prison, which is the notorious jail in Tehran, where at 16 years of age, she was sentenced to death. So Marina Nemat is going to be talking to us about what's developing in uh, Iran, top of the next hour. We talk a lot about Ontario. We talk a lot about Quebec. We talk a great deal about Alberta, uh, provinces where a lot of the focus in this country is on, on, on issues that take place in those particular jurisdictions. British Columbia sometimes seems to fly a little bit under the national radar, but the things that happen, everything that occurs in B.C. has a major impact on everything else and everyone else in Canada. Now, as I said, we've been back on CKNW Radio in Vancouver since the summer and uh, great acceptance from our Vancouver listeners. Thank you so much for that. I want to get a bit of an idea of what's happened in B.C., what the major stories are from the province from 2017 and heading into 18. Elise Mills is the president of Elise Mills Communications in Vancouver, and she joins us. Hi, Elise. Hi, Roy. Thanks for having me on. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Would I be correct in assuming that uh, if we go to politics, that, well, it has to be the election, had to be the big story in B.C., right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it was a seismic shift for sure. And uh, it brought with it, uh, you know, the end of an era, technically. I mean, it was 16 years the B.C. Liberals reigned here in B.C., and it really came to, uh, you know, a bit of a whimper of defeat. And uh, it was followed by this most suspenseful uh, political drama that played out. And it really came down to the lieutenant governor flexing powers that we rarely see in any of our legislative buildings across the country. So it it had everyone uh, in suspense for a good two months. But uh, it it was one of the most bizarre political stories in B.C. And as you know, Roy... We have a lot of bizarre political stories. Well, no, I mean, you specialize. Yes, we do. We're a little bit like, I would say that BC, um, and you were right in your introduction, it, it, we seem to fly under the radar, but we're very similar to Quebec mm-hmm. in these very oddball stories that take place. And um, we do have our own corruption stories, and we do have our own, you know, little sinister side to our politics out here, but we also run ex- extremely hot politically all the time. There's no break in the advocacy, the activism, the outrage, the disputes, the fights. I mean, I've been involved in BC politics for 25 years, and the memories, I mean, I could write a book on them, Roy. Well, if we look again at 2017 and the election, what you have now is you have this rather strange uh, setup where the NDP and the Green Party share governance, uh, with Andrew Weaver having how many seats do the uh, Greens have? 
Well, it's three seats, and okay. and it's it's very interesting because uh, we've not seen such a minority government since 1952 out here. And it was really the first time in modern political history that we saw such a loosely knitted coalition come together because John Horgan, I mean, the split was almost even between BC Liberals and the NDP. I mean, it came down to almost 2 million votes for the BC Liberals and that, when you add it all together, they needed the Greens. But it was really interesting because the Lieutenant Governor, uh, who... The Christy Clark had appointed in, decided to flex her powers, um, which I think brought back to a lot of us why unelected political appointees representing the Queen or not should not be making these types of decisions. And I think what really concerned a lot of us, and forget the political bias, and full disclosure, I worked for the Gordon Campbell uh, government uh, before he resigned, But it wasn't my political bias. It was my concern that such a loosely knitted together coalition was then going to form government when we were facing some of the toughest socioeconomic issues policy-wise this province had seen in probably a decade or so. And that included our discussion about were we going to landlock Alberta's resources? Were we going to be an active member of Confederation when it came down to the export of our natural resources? Because B.C. is ground zero for that. It also came down to, uh, were we going to loosen our grip on being what Canada really needed, which was the strongest economy, uh, as Justin Trudeau was sort of tumbling, tumbling us into more deficit, which province was able to be the economic engine of the country while, so that we could survive as a confederation. There were all these big policy moments that were happening, and it was interesting to see that the BC Liberals went in with not only the strongest campaign war chest, but the best economic record, the fifth consecutive balanced budget. And the voters said, you know what, I'm going to roll the dice on this and vote NDP or I'm going to vote Green because some of the socioeconomic issues they haven't addressed. And I couldn't believe it turned on a dime like that and endorsed by the lieutenant governor. Mm -hmm. It's difficult for some of us in the rest of the country to understand why it is British Columbians vote the way they do, and particularly when we look at the political parties and the leaders of those parties. We have about 45 seconds. What happens in 2008 on the energy issue particularly? You play such a major role in the the moving of energy energy out of Canada to, to, uh, to other customers, international customers? Well, I, I, a lot of people are looking at the uh, decision around Site C, which is the dam project, uh, and that really benefits Alberta as well and, and hopefully several other provinces if we can get our act together interprovincially. As you know, Roy, we, we seem to be quite antiquated about that. But anyway, but people are looking at that thinking that's the beginning of opening up the doors and, and, and helping Alberta not be landlocked or Saskatchewan as well. That's not the case. I think that, uh, and for BC Liberals that think that 2018 is the year the NDP Green Coalition is going to fall, they, they sh- they've got another thing coming. I think that this is going to go on for quite a while, this back and forth. You're not going to be able to rely on BC to be consistent in its policy. Okay. Um, this is when good policy sort of flies out the window and, and good politics come into play. And John Horgan has got to manage the NDP, which, right. as you know, is a, is a bunch of tribes that are coming together. And he's got his own problems already in those right. caucuses. Well, Elise, thank you so much for joining us on the final day of 2017. And I, I hope I can count on you to come back many times in 2018. If I can just say, this this is such a wonderful opportunity. I'm a, I've been listening to you for a long time, and it was just such a pleasure to spend the last day of 2017 here. Thank you so much, Elise. Elise Thank Mills you. is the president of Elise Mills Communications in Vancouver. We're back after this.